All Delulu besties, welcome! This is a safe space to vent, talk shit, reflect, and most importantly, keep it real. It's better to trauma dump here so that we don't explode on innocent randos. Just Just admit admit it, you're you're bothered. bothered. I'm ready. Okay, let's go. (laughs) What's up, Delulu besties? Welcome back to another episode of Balancing the Bullshit. You guys, we have a guest. It's a bestie. (laughs) Our second guest. How exciting. (laughs) We're going to turn him into a Delulu bestie. Just wait. (laughs) His name is Boosh. What is a Delulu bestie? Our listeners. (laughs) That's our fan's name. Because. What's Delulu mean? Oh, God. Okay, going back to your fiance, literally fucking straight men. They don't know anything. (laughs) It's hip lingo. Come on. (laughs) Boosh. Like. Or on TikToks, my my fiance has sent me. (laughs) Right. You know, I just glaze over. There's so many words I don't know at this point. <laughs> I assume it means delusional. There you go. Yeah, because we manifest our lives, so we are just very delusional, and that's how we live our lives. Right. In right. delusion, and it works. Like Karen's unemployed right now, and and I'm thriving. It's a little delusional. So <laughs> I just went month to month in my apartment, which is more expensive than signing a lease. But I was like, "Fuck it! This is how I'm going to manifest more money into my life by like increasing my rent." delusional <laughs> but it works <laughs> but she's still here yeah as long as you walk around believing it it will eventually yes. become true yes until it becomes true you're living delusionally yes exactly it's you great it. so you you're should officially, try it. officially one of us yes <laughs> okay so tell us a little bit about your professional background you've worked for the coolest companies toll frat move the chive now you freelance yeah so yeah. spill the tea I studied journalism in college. I had this t-shirt that said, expose the lies. And I was going to be like, I'm going to solve corruption and everything. But then... Yes. Drain the swamp. <laughs> and I worked for a local newspaper while I was still a college student. And one of my first assignments, my editor said, we gave a bunch of this money to this local mall. The government did so they could revive the mall. And then that would, in turn, help the businesses there. But the mall still looks like shit. Where did the tax money go? You got to go there and find out. And so I interviewed the guy and he was like, I have never been so insulted by a journalist in all my life. And then my editor was like, I mean, if you refuse to comment, you refuse to comment. So yeah, I just wrote this smear piece on this local mall owner for basically embezzling taxes. No way. It was cool. And yeah, it was kind of cool. Also, there was this website, Total Frat Movie. It used to be pretty big and they were looking for writers and my friends were like, dude, you should send them something. So I sent them some funny stuff and they published them and it was just gross stories about like shitting my pants in class. <laughs> that's all it takes, though. Like, Again, <laughs> fucking straight men. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's what? hilarious. It revolves around bodily fluids, you know, cum, poop, pee, whatever. It's disgusting, but oh I love God. it. Oh, my God. I sent them stuff, and the audience liked it, and they offered way more money than the newspaper, so I was like, well, I'm going to do this instead. I did that, and then they went under after about a year and a half. Dean, that was fast. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't there very long. And then after that, I went to the chive. How did you get in there? That was like the cool company to be at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a cool guy. The, okay, no. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> I applied and they hired me. Hmm. That's funny because PR was one of my majors at Texas State. But I like your spirit because I was like, fuck this. They're so corrupt and they're so manipulative to the media. I want nothing to do with this. So I love that you were like, I'm going to take them down. Yeah, there we go. When did you discover you had a talent for writing? 
in fifth grade. What? Cool. Teacher, Miss Carlson. Wait, this is so cute. Yeah. Because it was a very transformative moment for me. Uh, But we had this assignment in class and it was like, Miss Carlson wheels a box into the class. What's in the box? And I wrote a story about how the class was being very unruly. And so Miss Carlson wheeled a box into the room and then opened it and this piggy jumped out and said, all you kids need to shut up. <laughs> and everyone got really quiet. And then she thought it was so funny. She read it to the whole class and the whole class was laughing. And I was like, wow, I'm good at this. And, and that just oh, stuck with you me. you had written that. Yeah, I wrote that story. That was the In fifth grade. Oh. It stuck with me. And I was like, I want to like make people laugh with oh my Yeah. Stop. Like a feeling. And, and you never forgot it or got sidetracked. Like, I want to do this and this. Like it's other things. Been in the realm of writing stuff, yeah. Like I said, did journalism move to more kind of comedic stuff and memes and social media and stuff. But it's always been in the realm of writing. Yeah. That's wow. so cool because I feel like so many kids find their passion like that when they're young but then they forget it as they get older mm-hmm. and they will go off on some other path that's not meant for them yeah i'm kind of yeah, jealous so that you remembered because yeah. our life coach the reason i hired her i think four years ago now because i was like i hate my career get me out of here i want to be happy and she was like well go back and remember what you wanted to do in childhood and I'm like, what the fuck? How does anybody remember that? I went through so many different phases where I always wanted to do something different. So good for you. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Okay, one of my phases was a teacher. Then I wanted to do something in fashion. Then broadcasting, a lawyer, like the most random shit. I would mm-hmm. see something once and be like, oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, that's good though. You got a lot of passions. You shouldn't pursue one specific career. Just find a general vibe that you like. Oh, yeah, I like that. Helping people, right? There's a lot of ways you can help people. If it's writing, there's a lot of things you can do with writing. Like I said, writing's been the overall umbrella, but I did real journalism. Then I did writing for frat bros. Then I did like making memes on social media. Now I write for basically middle-aged women writing about Kevin Costner's divorce. I've <laughs> been writing and yeah. that's just what makes me happy. I just like making words. And, yeah. Uh, as I, I oh, just, as long as I'm in that realm, I'll be happy. So, like, just a realm. I don't I'm like, I need this title. I need this company or I won't be happy. You're yeah, that was my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that. Be disappointed. Just find a yeah. general vibe that you want to pursue and just go for it. Wait, this is cool. so therapeutic because now I'm realizing maybe I'm not that far off because I went into yeah. sales because I was like, well, I like talking to people and now here we are podcasting. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. If you like mm-hmm. talking to people, and there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. yeah. Not my job. I don't talk to anybody. Uh-uh. No, I actually had an internship. My first internship was content writing. And I was like, I will go insane. I have to talk to somebody. Yeah, content writing can be very just by yourself. Journalism mm-hmm. was a lot of talking. It was talking to people you never met, people that didn't necessarily want to talk to you. But some of those people, they, you know, they wanted to talk about their restaurant or their store. And so... We, you know that you can, if you go to like interviewing people, that kind of writing, you can talk to a lot of people. But yeah, content true. writing, just like so boring. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite genre of writing that you do, like the comedy stuff or the stuff you're doing now with the magazine? On my own, on the side, I write a lot of science fiction and fantasy cool. stories. Cute. Nice. <laughs> this is a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I started doing it, doing it in the pandemic. I didn't know we had such a wholesome friend. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> you know, I started writing about uh, science fiction and fantasy stories during the pandemic. 
And there's a ton of online places you can submit them to and they'll publish them, they'll pay you. But it's really hard. I wrote a bunch over the pandemic and I got rejected probably a hundred times. But I finally sold one to the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Wow. Cool. Like they published Stephen King, they published Isaac Asimov. Shut up. Martin back in the day. And they're still around and they accepted my story. What? So we're like sitting here with a future celebrity. Right. Oh my God. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to manifest that for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so I've been writing a lot of sci-fi fantasy. Music. Yeah. It's fun. That would be the new goal to, if I can write it. To do sci-fi? Yeah. Uh, Oh, you can do it. You know, a funny side note, Avery, you're psychic. When I talked to her, she told me she sees me writing those types of stories, sci-fi and fantasy stories, which is interesting because I used to love writing too. As a kid, I would write. My stories were always darker. I did a bunch of horror mystery stuff. I never did sci-fi or anything. And I haven't written in so long, but she's like, yeah, that's what I see you doing. And I haven't tried it since. It's never really crossed my mind, but now I'm thinking maybe I just need to start. Yeah, go Just on. do it like a one page or something. Yeah. yeah. The thing that helped me is there's this, I kind of wanted a goal to work towards, and this is thing. Because, like, you just start writing, you're like, okay, when am, I gonna, am I gonna write a novel? And then, what if I just spend a year writing uh, 500 pages and it goes, goes nowhere? Yeah. Like, I don't want to waste time doing that. But then I discovered there's this thing called the Submission Grinder, and it has a listing of all the places that are accepting short stories. Oh, and, like uh, publishers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Like, like the magazine of fantasy science fiction. Oh. One, um, one is called Asimov's, one is called Clark's World. And they just accept stories. And I was like, okay, I have a goal now. They'll accept this 5,000 word piece and they'll read it and they'll either pass it or they'll either say no or accept it. And yeah. I have a goal. And I can get feedback and I don't have to spend a whole year writing a novel. I can write something that's 10,000 words. And yeah, and start there. Yeah, and see what, see what hits. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. So if you want to cool. get back into wow. writing, fantasy, anything. or They also have regular, more literary stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the New Yorker, for example. I don't know how true it is, but they say if you just, they have a thing on their website, you send them this email address, a story, the, the New Yorker, which is like the most prestigious thing ever. They take unsolicited submissions from oh. radio. That's crazy. And so, wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah, once I realized that, I was like, oh, I can just write stuff and send it and see what happens. And yeah. It was a lot of rejection, but I finally got yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's an avenue I need to go down. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Bushi, you're so inspiring. Yeah. Look at you changing Danny's life. <laughs> and maybe you'll write a second book now. Yeah. Okay. Because also, you're a writer too. Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote a book. I don't even know if you know. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Some of my hater friends were like, writing is dead. No one reads or writes anymore. Uh, clearly, losers, yeah, me. losers. <laughs> I mean, if they say no one reads or writes anymore, they're probably. Losers. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't brag about not reading. <laughs> yeah, Wait. like that's not a flex. Wait, literally. You're educated. You have patience. And you dive <laughs> deep into ideas. That is so lame. I watch TikTok to give me a very surface level. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where we're at. Just- so for today's pick a card, I'm going to start with the quote. Being in your element is not only about aptitude. It's about passion. It is about loving what you do. Tapping into your natural energy and your most authentic self, which I feel like is very you since the moment I've met you. You've always been so authentic. Wow, that's a great compliment. Thank you. Which makes sense why you stuck to yourself since fifth grade Mm. and you never forgot what you wanted to do because when my life coach was like, what did you want to do in childhood and also go back to your authentic self? I was like, I don't even know. I've tried running away from myself for so long to please others and do what society expects of me. I don't even know who the authentic girl is anymore. 
Damn, you gotta find it. Yeah. I feel like you're um, so very authentic. Thanks. You are. Yeah. You've discovered yeah. what your passion is. So you're just in the journey to get there. Yeah. Part of it. Okay, so the question, Bushi, when do I lose track of time and feel naturally energized? When I'm creating things, when I'm like, making a meme, make, writing an article. Oh my god, cute. You get really into it and you can, you, know, you won't even remember, you'll forget to eat, you know, you'll just yeah. like go all day and the flow state of color. Yes. Yeah. We love, love that. that. Excellent. Okay. And for the affirmation today, it is, I'm in my element when I feel energized and most like myself. Okay. I wanted to ask, what is your favorite meme that you have ever, ever created? Okay. I made this one meme that was super viral when it went on. It was on white people humor. Oh, I love that love. one. Yeah, I used to follow that account. You made memes for them? Well, I just made it. This one I actually made for my, my friends because they have a history podcast. I posted it. I sent it to them. They posted it on their account. And then it blew up from there. Oh, and, wow. Uh, nice. White people humor reposted it. And it's, who would win? One beefy five-layer burrito from Taco Bell or the immune system of a child in the Victorian era? <laughs> okay, I do love those type of memes. This one, every tax season, this one comes back up. Okay, it says, me, how do I do taxes? School, here's a recorder. Me, what is a credit score? <laughs> School, just put it in your mouth and blow like this. Me, how do I choose the right healthcare plan? That's cool, hot cross buns. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. I'm triggered. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we're like, how dare you? It was somewhat controversial. People were like, how dare you besmirch the arts? The reporter. <laughs> and then the argument people made where they were like, well, you don't teach third graders tax shit anyway. That's when you learn the recorder. And I was like, I'm saying All right, to well, school in general. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, you're yeah. missing the point. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that um, one blows up every I'm, tax season, and it's always a controversy. But that's so cool. That's, that's probably the most famous meme. I feel like I've probably seen that one before, honestly. I know. Yeah, I, I make all my own memes. It's all right on my Instagram, OG memes only. But there's a lot of people <laughs> that just they make their... Their whole living just taking other people's memes and screenshotting them and putting them on there. No way! I mean, yeah, like like all these meme pages do that. Yeah, you know, there oh. was a guy, fat Jewish, he did that, and then there was. It wasn't uh, all his own original stuff. No, none of it was. What? And it's fine as long as you credit the guy, and they they've started doing that. Like, fuck Jerry posted that one. Fuck Jerry was mm -hmm. another one that got in a lot of trouble for stealing people's content, and they posted that meme. But they, they had just come off getting shat on by the world for stealing shit. So they DM'd me and they said, can we use this? And I said, yeah, as long as you at me. And they did. And they said, credit and consent. What's up, Boosh? I was like, thank you. And I got like 6,000 followers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you get paid for that or just the recognition no, and the followers? Yeah, but that's still yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I make no money from the memes. But okay. if I ever get enough of a following, I could maybe do Amazon links and shit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh. Well, what uh, what do you attribute your sense of humor to? Was there anything specifically that you used to watch as a kid or just natural? Or childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I think it was trauma. <laughs> I, I was kind of the class clown as a kid. I remember in like first grade, I learned that if you just said random shit, you get a laugh. I remember a teacher... God, she hated me. But I was learning times tables in like second grade. She's like, what's two times two? And I raised my hand. And I go, carrots. And everyone's like, ah. And I was like, wow. It doesn't even have to make sense. Yeah, yeah. I just say random shit. People will laugh. This is so cool. And it feels rebellious. 
And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where it comes from. Sense of humor. And then I guess Jim Carrey, just because I loved Asian He's funny. Era, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, this guy just acts crazy and he makes a living doing this? Like, yeah. I'm do that. A last meme-related question. Outside of memes that you've created your own, do you have an all-time favorite meme? All-time favorite meme. Or like one that's just up there. Hmm. I made this one and okay. it was... God watching people lick the hole he's specifically made for shitting. <laughs> oh my god! That's hilarious. Well, licking, what was it? Licking butts? Buttholes. Buttholes. Yeah. I feel like that perfectly ties into our theme almost. Today, our theme is effects of dating and hookup culture. Our categories are the psychology behind hookup culture and finding love in hookup culture. And I want to say one thing. I think I first approached this theme almost out of resentment for hookup culture and all the fuck boys that I've had to deal with in my life. I feel like now after doing research for this, I can just take a more like calm adult approach to this because it actually makes so much sense. So all the research that was done on this, like how society has gotten to this point, it's all been done on college students. So it kind of made me think how it makes sense. It's just a part of early adulthood that people have to go through. The American Psychological Association, they explain how hookup culture even came to be. Okay, listen to this. So in the 1920s, it was the upsurge of automobiles and entertainment. That's like when people started going to the movies. So Mm. that's when kids first started leaving the house and they didn't have adult supervision anymore. So then, you know, they kind of started to like experiment and make out. And then in the 1960s, it was the rise of feminism. There was a widespread availability of birth control all of a sudden and college parties started. So then that escalated hookup culture a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There are no college parties in the 50s? Sucks I guess them. not. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Glad we missed that era. Right. <laughs> no, it would probably have been good if we missed that era. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we need that era. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then in the early 2000s, that's when the permissive sexuality started in pop culture. Like, oh, think of all the music videos with like rappers and then all the sexy girls in the background. Guys, girlfriends. Yes. <laughs> and then the term sex sells. That's when companies started to use mm-hmm. that. And then think about all the movies. One of the early ones was No Strings Attached, like promoting this kind oh, of yeah, culture. Oh, yeah, the movies, they were all about sex and exposing yeah. girls. 80s to the mid 2000s, every movie had an obligatory sex scene that just Oh yeah, for the plot, and they just like, we just gotta throw one in. Yeah, yes. '80s movies were real bad about that too. Like always yeah. having topless girls. Yes. Yeah, you go back and, and it's, it's kind of it's weird. Yeah, over the time. The other thing, along with those promiscuous movies, are also the rom coms that sell you on the idea that a girl can change a guy. When in reality, I think until a guy is ready, you can be the greatest girl ever, but you're not going to change him. So then girls are stuck with this idea, oh, let me give a fuckboy a chance and I'll change him. And then they just end up getting hurt. Yeah. It's always those movies where they meet a guy who is just sleeping around so much and he's such an asshole to them. But by the end of the movie, they're in love. Yes. Yeah. Not realistic. Literally never (laughs) have I experienced that or seen that in real life. So this was all very, what's the word? Like it gave me closure because I would always be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I getting treated this way by guys? But it makes sense how... So going back to our previous episode with Laura, when we were talking about self-esteem, how everybody enters into adulthood without self-esteem. You have to 
actively build that yourself, mm-hmm. which just takes time. So in early adulthood, aka college, these people are kind of learning through trial and error the hard way. That's how they learn their boundaries when they go through something and they realize, okay, I don't like this and I've gone through it so many times that now I have enough courage and I'm comfortable enough to speak up about it and no longer try to be the cool casual girl. I don't know. It just kind of was therapeutic for me to be like, okay, it's not just me. It's not just Austin. It's been such an ongoing thing that led to this point. Mm -hmm. And you grew out of that. Like it's been a while now. Yeah. Like your hookup phase. Yeah. And I think because to the same point, how I dealt with the hookup phase in early adulthood, and now that I've been working on building my self-esteem, I'm now at the place where I feel comfortable setting my boundaries and telling a guy to fuck off. But before, I definitely tried to be the cool, casual girl, which makes sense because I had a low self-esteem. I didn't know what I wanted, nor did I have the confidence to set boundaries if mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. Yeah. Because I remember like a couple years, I don't know how long ago it's been now, like two, three years ago. You would not want to sleep with someone, but then they would, like, would, I would do, do it, it anyway. anyways just because they were expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I also want to hear from your perspective because this study too was saying how when they interviewed the girls in college originally, they thought they were cool with it, with casual hookups, but then they re-interviewed them a few years later and then they realized once they had reached maturity in adulthood, they realized they actually weren't okay with that. And I'm just curious about guys because going back to the fuckboy term, does it even cross your mind? Like, do we regret... Yeah. It stands years later. Yeah. Or does it ever make you feel shitty? Or did it ever make you feel shitty after doing it? Like, like even the next day. Um. Be honest. I don't think I've ever felt <laughs> shitty. I've always been like, hell yeah. That's what? exactly what we expected. Because obviously, no, I've always been stoked. I know that <laughs> men want to pursue. It kind of feeds y'all's ego. Doesn't that come into effect? Yeah, I say it definitely feeds the ego. The one I stand feeds the ego. Just having sex in general with with a, with a woman, yeah. But not pursuing a girl to make her a girlfriend. That that would feed the ego too, yeah. Oh, but I guess if you're getting the other, like the one I stand, then you don't even think about pursuing a girlfriend. Mm, I mean, it's like a stage of life, right? I've never had a one night stand, and rarely had a one night stand where I was like, "Don't ever want to see him again." Right? You know, you mm-hmm. want to keep hooking up and then maybe that will turn into a relationship. Oh. Okay. So you weren't the type that you would just sleep with a girl and never... Like never talk to her, talk again. her again? No. I mean, that would that would end up happening. But <laughs> <laughs> she was hitting, usually I would be the one getting ghosted, right? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was usually the one getting ghosted, yeah. I guess that actually makes sense. Because I would ghost a lot of guys. As mad as I would be at fuckboys in my early 20s, I would ghost would them at still, the same time. Right. Because I think I would just be like, they suck. And I, well, they probably just want to do the same thing again and not actually pursue you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. So then, how, okay, because you're in such a healthy relationship now. Do you feel like you first grew out of your party phase and you were ready to get into a relationship? Or... How did you transition into that? I was that? always down for a relationship. Even when I was in my party phase, I was always like, hey, if I connect with someone. Like I said, I never went in with any intention of, of never seeing them again. Right? Oh. Like, yeah, with my fiance, when we had our first date, we hit it off and we kept seeing each other. We did not hook up till like a, a month or two months into it. Oh. Um, 
I know, and I kept hitting her up because I liked hanging out with her. And it was like that mm. for lots of relationships I've had. I wouldn't be like, oh, I, you know, if we didn't hook up on the first night, I wouldn't be like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted, I'm out. You know, I'd keep hitting them up if I if we connected. Do you think a lot of guys are like that? Where if they don't get laid right away, then they're out? Probably. Some guys are. Yeah, I think some guys definitely would get mad. Mm. But that's probably just like if they're really sexually frustrated and they haven't gotten laid in a while. Hmm. But yeah, no, yes, it's definitely a, a, a problem. Like a guy will, I don't know, he thinks because he buys a girl at dinner, he deserves. Yeah, the expectations. Stuff like that, yeah. Did you try to sleep with Rebecca early on and she just rejected you? We actually, because when we, when I saw your uh, rubric for what we were going to talk about, we didn't have sex till like a month or two months in. She's like, yeah, but you tried. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> of course he did. I was like, you want to come to my, up to my room? She's like, no, not yet. And we just kissed. Oh, sweet. No, yeah, yeah, I tried. God damn it. <laughs> is that like bad? Is that, is that, I don't think that's bad. No, you respected her decision. Yeah, if you were like afterward, he's like, hey, you want to come up? She says no. And you're like, damn it. So no head. <laughs> 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 so no head <laughs> yeah throws your phone that's a great meme you know, I think that's really respectful and yeah. I think me and Karen aren't oh, used I didn't get mad at her for not fucking me that's very the bar is on the floor <laughs> no that's Literally what we're is. that's what we're always saying because we're not used like guys like you I feel like our friends you know people that we know are not like that yeah, no. And just out, out of all the dates I've been on, yeah. the majority of the guys get mad yeah. when I say no. Or they don't respect it, and then they just keep push trying to push my boundaries. That's no, not good. No. no. It's, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like kind of what I'm picking up on is you don't sound like you had any really bad trauma that usually causes guys to act like this. That's what you said earlier, like you didn't... <clears throat> We were talking about trauma or something. You're like, you know, I don't think it's a trauma. Oh, that made you funny. Right, yeah. Because trauma does stuff like this, how it'll make guys hypersexual and not respectful of women. And What what specific trauma do you think is that? Daddy issues, for sure. Oh, yeah, like they see their dad do it. They see their dad disrespect women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, great, amazing man. Yeah. That's why I've... uh, That's why you're so wholesome. Yeah, you have a good role model. And like, yeah, kids who maybe were neglected or verbally abused, physically abused. They have all this pain, emotional pain. And that actually causes, there were studies that we found that causes people to be hypersexual. And it's just kind of their way of numbing pain that they haven't dealt with. I feel like hypersexuality would be okay. It's the anger after you don't get it that's not okay. I guess to an extent, yeah. I mean, when it comes to be a problem, like sex addiction, obviously, yeah. like that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I guess hypersexuality. Hi- hypersexuality yeah. is like when it starts disturbing. Healthy, healthy amount of sexuality. Right. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, that's awful. You had to have to deal with it. Yeah, and, and every woman has you know, stories like that where it's it's just scary to go on dates. You know. I know. I've never been scared before going on a date. Really? Yeah. God, what a privilege. Yeah. Like, oh, I hope she thinks I'm cool. But it's never been like, I fear for my life. Like, I'm scared to have sex or, you know, get assaulted. Yeah, no, it's always scary. Okay, you met David, the guy that I'm dating now. Like, obviously we went on our first date and it was out in public. But then he walked me home 
on the first day and it was like can I come up and I was like god damn it I just hate being put in that position luckily he did respect my boundaries so I was like don't touch me and he didn't but yeah there's been so many guys that just like I don't, you say no and then they're like I don't know what goes through their mind but they just, and then they just keep, keep trying pushing. yeah I'm like I'm not playing hard to get I mean no means no yeah yeah no means no say it loud <laughs> for the for the curve in the back <laughs> you hear back back there <laughs> I have a funny question that I have been curious about do guys care about being Eskimo brothers like is that a thing <laughs> I mean if, when you find out, you're like, yeah, I knew it. Like, high five. I knew it would be a high what? five thing. <laughs> that isn't weird, y'all out. Like our no, penises like, have been in the same. Yeah, ew. Place. It was like a high five moment. What? But what about girls? <laughs> Is that weird? It's so weird. I think. I feel like girls would just like maybe hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> you secretly. have to have had girlfriends that you are Eskimo sisters with. I'm trying to think. Like in college. Yeah. I don't think there are any that we know about. Like, Texas State is such a small space that it's very likely, but I don't know, or at least I can't remember right now if we ever... It was wild back then. I know, like, you, you didn't, didn't know, know me in college. It was scary uh, times. It was crazy. <laughs> you guys were friends in college? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And she was a whole different person. Like... Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> you were just uh, having fun. Yeah. She was, to say the least, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have learned through therapy that a lot of that was from, like, childhood trauma and then just seeking validation through sex. Like, you know, a lot of people use yeah. drugs and alcohol to cope. I guess getting validated through men was one of my coping skills. Mm. Hope phase for guys and girls is perfectly healthy and it doesn't necessarily have to be trauma it can be you're just trying to see what you like and i agree yeah i agree i i know true. for me personally and karen our whole faces were not because of a healthy reason but i feel like yeah for other people you know because did you have a hoe phase fun and, in college was that did you have a hoe phase in college I mean, I wouldn't know if it was uh, any more hoish than anyone else. I think yeah. I a, a normal amount of ho. I didn't have, I wasn't hyper. Hypersexual. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like. Just normal, healthy normal. amount. See, like, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, and you seem like you have a very healthy background. Right. Yeah, I had no trauma. But when you were, like, acting out like me and Karen were, putting ourselves in, I feel like I was, I definitely put myself in dangerous situations. Oh, same. Would you guys want to tell us about a dangerous situation? Yeah, I mean, where do I start? Let me think of one. <laughs> me personally, in gay culture, it's very common to just meet someone on an app. The apps that you use are like, it'll tell you how many feet away someone is. You don't have to see their face or anything. You just have a profile. That's so I've scary. Met, yeah, I've met up with complete strangers. I have no idea... I mean, I'll always get a picture before, but you don't know who you're meeting. It's not someone you're meeting out at a bar or through friends or anything. What if they're not Little even strangers. Well, I'll get a picture, but oh. I'm saying like, that's how it works. You don't have to have a picture. You can just be on there anonymously. You're however many feet away from each other. What? Yeah. I feel like most people nowadays, like, you know, when you meet up with someone through Tinder, Bumble, whatever... How well do you really know them? You don't know them very well. You've yeah, it's the very same thing. And how, how how long do you talk to them before you decide, okay, this person's normal, let me talk, let me go meet them for a date. 
because I remember before before Rebecca, I went on a Tinder date with this girl, and this is like I think it was before the term woke was really definitively left, and. She says, I'm looking for some woke folk. And I was like, okay, she's open-minded. And then when I, I get on a date with her, her idea of woke was awake to the fact that chemtrails are poisoning us and Sandy Hook was faked. And what? Oh, God. And she was a conspiracy she was theorist. Oh, my God. That was her definition of woke. So I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah, Were you like fucking definitely. kill me? <laughs> you know, I, I just entertained her. I was like, okay, well, so tell me more about the, <laughs> the lizard. The <laughs> I saw like uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Obama lick his own eyeball. <laughs> like I was asking David some of these questions the other day, and I was like, obviously our first date went great because then you asked me out on a second date. But had I had sex with you on the first date, like would have there been a second date? He was like, no, absolutely not, because then it would have been like a red flag, I guess, to him. Mm. If you asked, if you wanted a second date, that would have been a red flag to him? No, like if we had hooked up on the first day, oh. he would have then put me in like a hookup, not serious type of girl category. But he was going to try to hook up with you anyway. Oh yeah, of course he tried. So he was going to try to hook up with you, but if you caved and did it, red flag. Yes. Yeah. That- I don't and know I don't about think that. He sees it that way. Like he's like, That's oh, insane. did I try? That's but insane. same with you. Red flag on him. He is red. Flag. I agree. But I, know. I think he didn't. You say he was not going to. You asked him if he wanted to hook up, and he said no. I was just gonna like. Feel yeah, you he up was a like, bit. I just wanted to touch your butt. But like, same with you thinking like, oh, Rebecca and I didn't have sex for months. But then I'm sure from her perspective, she's like, oh, but you tried. Not yeah. to attack you. Yeah. Yeah. I tried, but, but he wasn't going to stop talking to her because but if of it. She had, oh, if yeah, she yeah. Had been like, yeah, I'll come up to your room, and if we had had sex, I wouldn't have been like, oh, oh, you still kept talking. Or, you're gross. You're not for me. Like, <laughs> like I cannot imagine, like if that is your, like you're gonna try to fuck her, and if she says, yeah, let's do it, you're gonna ghost her after that. That's insane. Wait, that's, yeah, you're right. That's rude. That's behavior. That's sick. <laughs> like, everyone talk about women being complicated. Like, please. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Get, get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a new conversation you need to have. Yeah, no, that's so true. Do you think he, like, believes what he was saying? Like, do you think he was just saying that? I don't know. Maybe he maybe he did was trying to hook up with you, and now he was like, maybe he's just saying what he thinks he want, he, you want to hear. Yeah, I'm like, does he even believe what he's saying? That's kind of, because it doesn't really match how he's been i know now i'm confused i am too if he's good in every other aspect <laughs> disregard that you know uh, no don't disregard it yeah, but like, no. it's definitely something that needs to be addressed yeah yeah i'm not yeah i'm not saying like don't don't break up with a guy based off what i'm saying right now <laughs> yeah i don't know the guy but i'm just saying that one thing is weird it is weird yeah no you're right i think had I not initiated, because obviously he's the one who started making out, but I think, like, had I been, like, more open to hooking up, I'm sure he would have gone along with it. And then afterwards would have been like, oh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I you honestly know? feel like he would have still talked to you. Because he's so into you, and you're, aren't you, like, way hotter than his ex-girlfriend, too? Yeah. Yeah. But he's so obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think he probably probably really likes you. He probably would have, if you had caved on the first date, 
Behaved is such a bad word. To I know. If you had, if you had been like, yeah, let's bang on the first date, I don't think he would have ghosted you. But the fact no. that he's saying he would. It's weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why is he saying that? Because I actually don't believe that. I think he's just saying that to save face. I think he's saying that to like, so you think that he's more wholesome or something. But re- he doesn't realize how it's coming off. Yeah. Or maybe he's. It, com- it comes off like. Like a weird double standard, and it comes yeah. Like yeah. critical. Yes, but maybe he thinks it's like a good thing because it's like assuring you that you made the right decision. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you made the right decision because I wouldn't have talked to you if you would have done that. Like, he may think it's a compliment, but it's not. I wonder if that's what it was. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like he would have probably still talked to me. Yeah, I mean, you I too. Know. Yeah, I think he was trying to go for a compliment or something. Yeah. Guys are so weird. But guys who do do that, if you were a guy and you do that, Fuck stop off. it. Try to fuck a girl on the first night, and then she says yes, and they're like, "Oh, she's trash." It's like you're trash. Yeah. Right. And also, as we've established, a lot of times women will go along with it because they fear for their lives. Right. <laughs> Literally. She was like, "This guy has a look in his eyes, and I don't say yes, he's gonna fucking stab me." Literally. Right. That's reality. So if you, if that is any, is that is in your criteria as a man? do better maybe yeah start over (laughs) yeah do better let's go back to like teletubbies yeah (laughs) diapers saying hello and like your entire basis of human interaction needs a a retooling recalibration i agree okay thinking of some of your friends because i feel like you're pretty healthy and wholesome but i feel like guys and tell me if you disagree, but I feel like guys can be more afraid to settle down. Is it, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I don't know if it's so much men are more afraid to settle down. I think men and women are equally afraid to settle down, but women have the biological clock looming over their heads. Mm. When it's not as it's not as early as women think, though. By the way, like, if you're 35, you have plenty of years ahead of you. Like, we, we like mm. for some reason, someone decided 35 was a magical number where, like, your kid's going to have autism. Not true. <laughs> you have, uh, talk to a gynecologist, you, you have plenty of time. Yeah. So you need to stop putting so much pressure on themselves to, you know, have a family right away. Um, but I think, yeah, I think men and women are equally scared, but women are just like, oh, shit, society tells me I need to do it now. I need to have a kid now. So they'll... Um, they'll rush it and more men is like, you know, they don't have that same pressure. So they'll, it, they'll like, um, fuck around. A lot Take their time. Around. Yeah. It's That's also so interesting talking to you now because I think you're right. I think it is more equal than girls think, but going back to early adulthood when we're still developing, so many girls do think like they're the victims, like no guys want to settle down, but I bet it was always equal. We just didn't even know how to communicate at that point to figure it out. Guys, um, they'll have the fuck around period longer than women. Yeah. Women shouldn't, women should enjoy the fuck around period longer than they are because they have more time than they think. Yeah, I agree. I also think a little bit of it has to do with the way men and women handle maybe trauma or just their mental health. Like I feel like girls a lot of times are taught they need to rely on another man or like have a man in their life and guys don't really that's true they're more independent right so i think that plays a lot into it as well like do you guys ever feel like they need a girl yeah some guys do some yeah right you know guys Mm -hmm. are always oh true yeah true i feel like 
more of them would not fall in that category. Yeah, you know? I agree. Mm. There's more. There's more boyfriend girls than girlfriend guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But this is just the straight guy perspective. I don't know. How is it? How is it for you? Um, totally different. So <laughs> that's actually, what I want to talk about. <laughs> so once the pregnancy thing is off the table, right? That that changes everything. Yeah, the gays are like a whole other world. Yeah, so I can't really relate to what you went through. Um, it's very different. First of all, gay world, there's not much dating that's going on. Honestly, it feels like 25% are dating, maybe even less, and the rest are just fucking around. And it's so revolved around sex, like it's actually insane. And it's gotten to the point where I'm frustrated with it, but I've always, I've been a part of it for so long. And again, I know we're always coming back to trauma, but I know for me, it was because I had, you know, not the best upbringing. For me, hooking up was like the ultimate dopamine rush. Like for mm. most people, it's alcohol or like drugs or something, which I was doing that and I was getting satisfaction out of that. But something about hooking up, it was just adding another layer on it because you're getting validated also. It's like with drugs and alcohol, you're just making yourself feel good. But when you're hooking up with someone, that's someone telling you, oh, I find you attractive. So it's just like insane dopamine rush that like yeah, so many guys get addicted to. Alcohol. And I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. I think this huge population of people, a lot of them have been disowned or their families were not supportive or they just had to live a big part of their lives, um, you know, trying to be someone they weren't or live a lie. And so there's a lot of pain that they're holding in. So they're just using sex as like a way to numb that pain and escape that pain. And such so cause it's such an easy thing. And Cause they finally to get. get to now. Right. Yeah. And I was talking to Karen about this earlier. Also just think about the history of gay people. When being gay was illegal, you couldn't be in a relationship. Like you couldn't just like have a, have Could a partner. you imagine? Yeah, like, so you're, the only, like, interaction you would get is having, like, anonymous sex. So this is, like, you know, 60s, 70s. You know what cruising is? No. Like, cruising in parks. Like, you were, like, walking around looking for other people to hook up with. It's usually, like, in parks or something. What? Yeah. Like, this is something that uh. still, they still do this. Wait, what? Yeah. That's, like, a huge thing. Like, every night? I don't know about or... every night, but, like, it was the thing. It, like, not as much now. Being gay is more normal now but definitely back then um so it's just like this history of Whoa. you couldn't be you know you couldn't have a relationship so all you could have was really like sex and so they they still haven't really grown out of that um that's so sad i never thought about the guy the gay hookup culture like that people have always told me it's because um you know they're both men and men are hornier than women and so that's why they have more sex but really it's just like yeah that's a bit i mean it that makes is, sense i mean that's true but like that's a very I didn't realize, I think surface style yeah it's very yeah. kind of like surface level part of it like yeah obviously they're more horny and want to have sex more but there's also so much that goes behind it the majority of gay couples that i know are in open relationships like, it's an insane amount. I hardly know any that are monogamous. I'm not saying all of them are like this, but, you know, there's some reason, like, so many gay couples are open and so many straight couples are not. Like, there, there's something the there. Do you think the gays need, I don't want to generalize, but do you think the open relationships, it's because they need more validation? Like, they're not getting yeah. enough from yeah, their partner? Yeah, absolutely. So, they, they, these are two people who are together who haven't, you know, they haven't healed themselves. They're still in pain. They're still trying to hide that pain and they're not getting all the validation they need from their partner. So they have to have an open relationship. And I feel like a lot of people would be mad at me because 
it's a kind of a sensitive topic. They're really yeah. like, let people do what they want. And I think, yeah, I totally agree with that. But I think that is, does have a That's large why. part to do with why they're so sexual and like why they can't be in a monogamous relationship. Another interesting thing is like, if you go out to straight bars, like normally you'll see the crowd there as twenties and thirties, you know, it's a normal age range to see. But if you go to gay bars, like you'll see old men there. Which is just kind of like another thing to think about. It's like, why, That's so why are you sad. still, why are you still going to bars? You know, it's because, yeah. and I mean, it's everything I just yeah, said. Because he, you know, forty years ago when he was in his twenties, it was illegal to get married or even hold hands in public. So he, right. He just was like, well, hooking up is the closest I can get to love. So. Right. Oh. And also, think they, those people lived through the AIDS crisis, which was like extremely oh, yeah. scary. Like you. Like, everyone was dying who was having yeah. sex back then if you were gay. So, I want to cry. I know. It's, it's just, like, a very no, sad. Like you can, like, we basically cured AIDS. Basically, yeah, you can live a normal. You get the drugs. Yeah, you can you just take you take a pill every day, and you can't even transmit it to another person. Yeah, it's literally impossible. It's actually, I've heard, more safe to have sex with those people because they actually can't pass it along as opposed to someone who doesn't who doesn't have it, who could have gotten it from someone else. You yeah, know what I mean? No, they have it yet. Yeah, right. Wait, what? I, you lost me. <laughs> so, like, if you have, if you got AIDS, they can treat it, and now you just have HIV, which means if you're taking your medication, you literally cannot pass it along to someone else, because you're taking this medication that won't allow it. As opposed to if you hook up with someone who may have gotten it from someone else the week before, and now they're going to pass it along to you. You know what I mean? Because not everyone is on that medicine. There's no way. Yeah, well, you're only on it in case, unless you have HIV. Oh. It's such a foolproof drug that if yeah. you're on it, you're never going to pass it on. And so if you take, if you have sex with someone who's on oh. it. Oh. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you have sex with someone who's not on it, there's a chance that they could. That they contracted AIDS in the past two weeks and they don't realize they have it yet. Oh. Yeah. I thought there was medicine that if you're clean, then. They do have that too, but like also. But that not person everyone's might, on it. That person might not be on it. Oh, but, um, okay. Yeah, I've never been worried about guys who have HIV. Like, one of my exes had it, and we... I never even crossed my mind. Oh, ever. cool. That's how, like... It's like, fucking kill everybody in the 80s. Go Freddie Mercury! Yeah. That's so crazy. It was really bad. Yeah. Damn. So, like, imagine living, like, on top of all the drama and all, like, it being illegal, plus AIDS. Ugh. You know? It's so sad. It was, it was awful, too, because it was just, like... All the people were the far right people were just like, "This is God's punishment." For yeah, oh, it was really God. fucked. A layer of horribleness. I'm so glad we're like evolving from religion a little bit. I fucking can't. <laughs> but we're spiritual. We believe in angels. So. Yeah, and we manifest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kind of going back to what we're talking about, Karen and the guy she's dating. If you were to hook up with a girl, go on a date with a girl, and you found out that she had slept around a lot. Would that change your opinion of her? No, no. Good answer. Oh, you're so nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. So, if a girl slept with a lot of guys, you don't, like, think anything different of her? No, no. That would be very hypocritical. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it just goes back to that old adage, you know, when a guy sleeps around, he's a legend. When a girl sleeps around, she's a she's a slut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's unfair. Yeah. I agree. Oh, then, and, and, you know, but, but then the guys are like, oh, women are supposed to know better. Oh. They have all the power to uh, have sex or not have sex. Fuck off. Literally. Did your dad go to therapy? Or how do you have like such a healthy father figure? 
They never went to therapy. Oh. But he, his dad probably had a good dad too, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what we've learned through generational trauma. Like, how our fathers... Not to like talk bad about them, but it just it's a generational thing, especially like my family coming from like Roman Catholic families, like you know, no one ever talked about their emotions, no one ever did therapy, like the wife just always accepted what the husband said, and she just stayed home and raised the kids, so that gets down from like generation to generation, and then like mm-hmm. the guys are expected to provide and then they're stressed out with work, and then the wife is complaining, and then that's what causes friction, and then it affects the kids, mm-hmm. and then no one goes to therapy to fix it, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's uh it sucks for women because it's women you know men will shame women for sleeping around but other women do too yeah I remember, like i went to college of south carolina i'm not sure where i'm not sure right now but oh i forget I you didn't go to texas state with all of us no i did not go to texas state but yeah south carolina had a very like heavy fraternity culture and so there were sororities too and like sororities girls would get fined for having like red solo cups in the oh. oh yeah yes maintain this image of just perfect and it's just like why I don't know why why we put so much more pressure on women to have to act all like prim and proper when men yeah. are allowed to be dogs. Yes. Yeah. And it, they're praised for it. Like it's funny. Everyone like high fives yeah. each other for it. Yeah, yeah that's why women should. Uh, I hope we uh, get get away from shaming women for their sexuality. Thank you. I agree. I think. I think. Gen Z seems really cool about it. They seem. That's what we were talking about before. I like love Gen I think. Z. And also gay culture and Gen Z. I think once they grow up, like, we're can I grow out of this hookup culture a little bit? Yeah, and I'm yeah, curious to towards... see if there aren't so many open relationships with Gen Z. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gen Z seems, like, cool with people hooking up a lot. Like, they're not going to, like, shame women. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, but they also seem like they're just hooking up less. I have, I, I have heard they're hooking they, less. I heard they're more... Um, they're not partying as much, I heard. No. They don't like alcohol. That's wild. They don't, they don't party. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, yeah. I think it's kind of great. I love it. To be yeah. honest. Like, I honestly think fraternity and sorority life should just kind of be abolished. I don't know. There are a lot of great <laughs> there things are some great to ones. it. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, as someone who even <laughs> for total frat move, I, I look back on it. It's like, why couldn't, because you know, it would be all exclusive. Like, you do know here kind of shit. It's like, but then I looked at some colleges that had no great life and just the whole school parties together. I'm like, that is. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. I would rather that culture where yeah. everybody parties together. Yeah. And like, remember the fraternities at Texas State? Like, they're very racist. Like, that's a very common thing here in the yeah. South. And like, they pro like that could definitely th- be a thing. Yeah. And they just promote, you know, the guys being douchebags and sleeping around, but then the sororities promote girls being like so proper and have to be controlled and be perfect. And I just think it's like, yeah, it's all kind of shitty. It's outdated. Yeah. It parts of it are unhealthy, but I will say I think it might I wonder like what Laura's opinion would be on this because Laura, our life coach, because I kinda think it helps build self esteem in a different way. It gave me a sense of community, which made me feel like I was a part of something bigger than myself. And once I dropped, I lost that and then got so lost in life. It held me accountable. I, you know, was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm out of the house. Like, I don't have any rules. And then that was the only organization I had keeping me in check. Mm-hmm. As soon as I dropped my sorority, I went on academic probation because I was partying every day. But, like, in the sorority, that would never fly. And I think that's so good for people in early adulthood. And, yeah, maybe it seems like oh, you got to act perfect, which, yes, I agree. Some of that is outdated. But they do teach you 
which uh, you need in early adulthood, they hold you accountable to holding yourself mm-hmm. to a certain standard. I agree with like the grades thing and like good behavior, I guess, in that way. There's just parts of it that yeah. need to be updated gone. or gone. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the prim and proper shit you find girls for solo cups. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Like, it's college. Everyone's drinking. Like, why hide that fact? I know. Right. We're all just pretending. Did you ever see the videos Michael Shannon reads a sorority girl's email? And it was like this girl. Was it the girl who got super pissed? Yeah. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Like, Kappa City's not going to want to party with a bunch of fucking losers. And, and I think she like, called them fat and like. Oh? <laughs> she was just like it was ripping them it was to shreds. It was like how they like need to show up to this day party because they're, you know, we got to look good for this frat. But she was, it was just oh full my of curse God. words. And then Michael Shannon read, read it on a. That's funny. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was like a bit. That was a big scandal back in like the TSM and TFM days. The girl who wrote it also wrote some articles for TFM. Of course. Okay, well, Bushi, thank you so much. This was so insightful to have a perspective from somebody who doesn't carry so much trauma around with them and who is in a healthy relationship. Right, like, what a concept. (laughs) (laughs) This is really cool. Literally, but, like, everybody walks around with so much burden and trauma, and that's why everyone is so fucked up. So we appreciate you, your unicorn perspective. I've just been very lucky. Oh, cute. Okay, well, that's all we have for you guys this week. Thanks so much for hanging with us, Delulu Besties. See ya. Bye. Bye. Listen up, Delulu Besties. If you want to learn all about manifesting and become a master at attracting anything you want in your life, check out my virtual manifesting masterclass, karen-rico.com slash shop, or click on the link in the show notes. And if you want to watch us podcast every week, check out our YouTube channel, Balancing the Bullshit, or click on the link in the show notes.